And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Down Sports Podcast, episode 199 today. 199 episodes, one away from 200, right before a new season kickoff. Um, we are back after a about a month off. Um, can't wait to get back after it on the field. A lot of new players, a lot of new teams. Um, for anyone that's new to the league and you're listening to this for the first time, subscribe to the pod on all platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube where all the games are posted. Um, and make sure you're following the Instagram for updates and um, media content and stuff like that. Podcast every single week. Stats, pictures. You'll have uh, Deffy Defs, our cameraman, will be there every week. And you'll just have – you'll see a bunch of the same people every week running the league. So um, without further ado – a new season ahead of us, welcoming in a uh, surprise but amped up ho- uh, co-host to this, not Tommy Savara, like many of you were hoping for, is Ryan Morick, league veteran. League veteran, pod veteran. I felt I felt bad that you had to do this by yourself all last season. So you know me, if I have an opportunity to speak, I'm going to. I don't um, know if I'm legally allowed to do this for work, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know the whole we story. Won't, we won't <laughs> highlight. We will not highlight you as. Some, we won't put you in the in the in the <laughs> in the credits. We won't put you anywhere like that. So, but um, yeah, excited to have you on. It was definitely tough doing the podcast alone, but with my just crazy work schedule all the time, I kind of just have to find time in my like life to get it done. Um, you also just know how to do it. Yeah, I also just, just know can, how to do Yeah, and I can. I can. Um, get through them fast. Like I was doing like 25 minute pods, 20 minute pods, and it was honestly good, but um happy to have someone to at least take off the talking a little bit off my shoulders. Well, well so, I made sure that you were okay with having rather longer podcasts also, but it yeah, sounds like it was- a little, listen, we'll still keep it pretty brief. I'm not trying to go. We don't have to go into crazy detail about each team and all the games and whatnot, but like we'll talk about everything that happens hopefully. And um we'll still give you some, we'll still provide you with good content to talk about throughout the week. Um, all right, so I'm going to do a quick championship game recap. Morg did not really watch the championship game, so he's going to kind of just take it back to you for the next couple minutes. But um, So the championship game was won by Hogreef and company with Kentucky over Kentucky, uh, Kentucky over Colorado um, on a last-second Hail Mary from 35 yards out from Hogreef to Liam to win the game. Um it was, an, it was a great championship game. It was definitely one of the better championship games we've had, probably in the top, probably could end up being one of the be- best, if not the best, because of the way it ended. Um, it was it was a chaotic ending. Um, the We'll talk about that at the end. I want to start at the beginning of the game. Hogreef comes out. I'm not sorry. Searle comes out, scores touchdown, goes up 7 nothing, And... Um, then Hogreave answers. It goes back and forth for a little bit. At one point in the game, Hogreave was going down to tie the game. I think it was 12-7. And he throws a behind-the-back lateral, and it gets picked off by Bowen and returned the other way. This is when the score was, I believe, 13-7. Um, and then out of nowhere, it's 19-7, and Colorado is up two scores, and Hogreave has to march down the field to lead a comeback. Right before the half, controversial play. Jelani roaming the back of the end zone ends up catching the ball. Um, in ba- call, call the ball inbounds. There's nothing wrong with being inbounds, but people were saying that he might have stepped out of bounds, and it, we ended up calling it a touchdown. And 
1914 before half was really anybody's game. Um, and I think I said that Soros team was going to come out on top. Colorado, they played a really good game defensively. They were really all over it. Um, offensively, they moved the ball pretty well. They went up 26, I think it was 26 to 19, 26 to 20. They were up by five. Um, and they get the ball back with like a minute 20 and they give it up three and out. And then Hogreef has four plays and goes four and out. And there's only like 40 something seconds, 30 something seconds on the clock. And Suroff's team gets the ball, Colorado gets the ball, and they run three plays, only knock off like 17, 18 seconds off the clock. So there was nine seconds and it was fourth down. And everyone on the sidelines was thinking the same thing. You tell you tell Justin to catch the snap, run backwards for four to five seconds, counting your head, and then turn around and throw the ball as high as you can and as far as you can out of bounds to run out the rest of the clock. Kentucky never touches the ball again. You win the championship. Um, I was refing, so I couldn't say anything to my friends. Um, so I'm sitting there as I'm assuming that they're talking about what to do, and Suroff says punt, and. I think me, Mikey, Jake, everyone's jaws were just like, wait, what? So they punt. I go to serve. I said, why didn't you just do this? He says, no, we're fine. I said, you probably are fine because you have Justin, you have Bowen, you have great um, athletes. And um, there were nine seconds left. Hogreef got the ball. One play, they go about 10 yards screen to Liam, get to like the 15-yard line, two seconds left. And then um, – then a weird thing happened where there was going to be a delay of game, but Suroff called a timeout, but it didn't really matter because Logrief didn't really care because regardless, the play call was still a Hail Mary, but it was still really weird that he didn't make them rush to the line instead. And But he called a timeout. Everyone's getting set up. You still think everything's fine. Um, and then Hogreef takes a snap. Suroff's the only one rushing for the Colorado squad. Harnish doesn't rush. Um and Hogreef has all the time in the world. He lets his guys get down to the end to the end zone. He lets one he lets one go, throws it right to like the he probably threw it like seven yards into the end zone on the fly. And it was the perfect throw. Justin misread the ball. Bowling was caught in the back and it just went over Din's hand. Um and Liam comes up with it. He's in the perfect spot at the perfect time. And he wins the game for them. And everyone was I don't even think everyone was I think everyone was shocked in the crowd. Um it wasn't even excitement for anybody but Kentucky. I think everyone was shocked at what had just happened. There was a lot of hands over the heads, a lot of I cannot believe what I just saw type of thing. Um, but all in all, it was an absolute great championship game. You can't you can't blame Suroff for that one. Suroff played very well. He made a lot of really good throws. He found all of his receivers. All of his receivers made plays in this game. Um, I, I have to throw some. I know it's one play, but I can't believe Justin misread the ball as badly as he did. Um, ball in two, just really bad, bad placement gave Liam a chance. And, uh, Liam proves again, why he is a top player, if not the top player in the league after what just happened. I think that's Liam's third championship. He won with Dartmouth. He won fourth. Well, the Cowboys, Dartmouth bills, and now, um, Kentucky has a very good resume. Can stack it against anybody. Um, he is a beast. Uh, and he made the play of, Maybe one of the best plays that we've seen in Bear Down history because um, it wins a championship and it stamps him and stamps Hogreef. Talk about Hogreef's legacy now. 
got better each season. Um, didn't make playoffs, a couple first-round exits, and then he finally built a team that I thought was probably the best team he had. I talked about them all season, having the best team in the league, um, and it proved true. They lose one game, they get revenge on their only loss in the semifinals, and then they take care of business again in the finals. I know it's a little bit of a fluky way to end it, but a win's a win, and they came out on top. Um, as they like to say, they put it up top where the boys, where the little boys can't get them. Um it was a great season by them. I love that Hogreave got a championship. I love that regardless of who won this game, someone knew was going to win the championship. More That wasn't like me or IB. Um, one of the guys that's been in the league for a long time. Um, Suroff finally got over the hump of the semifinals, but now we'll need to uh, conquer his new foe, which is the championship game. Um, he played great, though. I want to stress that Suroff was not the reason his team lost his game. Um, he can obviously look back and think about a couple of plays that didn't go their way. But at the end of the day, they probably should never let Kentucky get the ball. Um, so um, I don't really have much more to say about it. I think it was a really good championship game. One of the best we've had. Um, Hogreave played well outside of the stupidest play ever. I think after the game, he was talking about how as long as they won, he didn't have to hear about it. But um, you're still going to hear about it because that was the stupidest play I've ever seen in Bear Down. Playoff, championship, anything, game history. So, um Kudos to you for still being able to win the game despite that stupid-ass play. Um, but, yeah, so now, without further ado, we are on to a new season. Um, our draft was just about three weeks ago. Had 10 captains, um, another 10-team league. It's hard to get captains. I know I had, to, I had to bump some people out of the league. I feel very bad about it, but I just did not have um, the quarterbacks, really, to um, – have more than 10. We'll hope for more than 10 teams in the spring. But we have the 10 we have, and let's start talking about them. We're going to do a draft recap um, for the fall draft as I pull up the draft board. Ryan, you can hop back in here now whenever you're ready. I'm back. I took the opportunity to make some dinner. That's awesome. I was, yeah, I actually saw that. All right. So I'm, we're just going to go in order. Um We'll talk about I'll, – I'll, I'll name the team. I'll list the players. We'll talk about guys we like, guys we don't like. You might not know some names. I don't know Don't know every name. Listen, if we don't – if I don't know you um, you'll and you do something cool on the field, I'll probably see it because I'm all over the field on game days and I watch all the film. So um, you'll be talked about in here if you make plays. So if I don't talk about you now, if I don't know about what you do or if you're him, um, I'll find out soon enough if you are. All right, first um, first team, Broncos donning the uh, orange and blue jerseys. Tommy Galante, Liam Knowles, who just won championship game MVP. Dane Lupton, always on Tommy's team. Matt DePhillips, good lineman. Mikey Giordano, who was drafted in the seventh or eighth round last season and now is a fourth round pick in this year's draft. Jake Hill Will in the fifth round. Justin Suarez, a staple of every good team in the league. Um, newcomer, Messiah Daniels. Kalik Walton, newcomer. And Jabari Fennell, welcome back to the league. Um, my first thought about this team is that they have Tommy and Liam. is going to be an outstanding duo. I assume their line is going to be Dane, Matt Phillips, and Jake Hill. Well, even though Jake Hill does not want to play a line. Uh, maybe Messiah Daniels or Kalik is a bigger guy. Um Justin Suarez will play middle linebacker and eat up probably top five tackles again. And I guess Mikey will probably be their number two, and the new guys are going to have to make their way. But I think it's easy to be successful offensively on Tommy's team. 
they have probably the two most important things in this league, and that's arguably the best QB wide receiver tandem and mm-hmm. good flag pullers. That's really right. like we'll see what they can do with the trenches, and that's just going to be an added bonus. But arguably the two most important things they easily have. You mentioned you were talking about Liam before talking about the championship. He like we always see guys who propel themselves in this league. And you mentioned Hogreef before, who's one of those like we weren't sure what he was, but he obviously improved. We saw that with like Pisco a while back. And a lot of these newcomers are uh, like they probably don't even know what, what name I just said with Joe Pisco, but uh, but but now Liam has solidified himself as at worst uh, top three receiver in this league. Um, no one will argue. If if you want to say that he's won at all, because uh, he is, like I said, like top three, easily he's going to be top three for a long time in this league for however however long he chooses to, uh, to play for. Uh, Tommy's won in this league, yes or no? No, not won. no, no championships. Owned. Uh, he made two championship appearances, but has not won one yet. Yeah. So all right. So he's hungry and he has a good receiver on him with a with a great defense. This is a really good team that Tommy has drafted. And again, like I said, if they get action in the trenches, added bonus can be very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think Dane's gonna have a big year. If he plays every game, I could see him being a guy who easily maybe in sacks or is near the top of the leaderboard. Um I assume J.K. Will is going to snap for this team. Messiah yeah. Daniels and Kalik Walton, and they're seeing you throw a player fo- play football before. So excited to watch you play. Um, Mikey Giordano is honestly a really good player. I was looking to draft him, but Mike Tommy took him a little too early for my liking. But maybe he'll show me up and be way better than uh, than a lot of guys that were drafted before him. So um, I like this team. Tommy's always going to be competitive in the league. He always usually ends up finishing as a top four or five seed and usually making a pretty deep playoff run. So I'm not going to count the Broncos out of many games this season with Tommy under the center. Okay. The next team is the Dolphins. But before I talk about this team more, just so you know, Chris Johnson was traded for, for Kenny Tindall. This has to be like the third time CJ has been traded. Yeah, CJ gets moved a lot because <laughs> IB ends up always annoying a captain enough to trade. Oh, him. yeah. Yeah. Oh, we also traded Chris Hunter for uh, – he traded Chris Hunter for – oh, fuck. To Suroff's team. That's funny because oh. I'm looking at – like I'm looking at the top four with like including CJ and Chris and I'm like I really like that top four. Not yeah, that, they I, don't, tried, not that uh, I don't like Kenny Tindall at all, but, but – yeah, KT actually played amazing in the championship game. I feel bad that I didn't talk about KT in the championship game recap because he was amazing in the championship game. He had like three or four sacks, and he was honestly being a beast. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot that. Anyway, I think Chris Hunter was traded to the Chiefs for Noah Colleton. Anyway, Magic Gennaro's team is Mike Danino, Claude Belagogi, um, who did I just say? Kenny Tindall, Noah Colleton, Tymir Altman, Pooh Margella, Eric Mayer, John Guzman, and Abdul Carvan. Um, okay. So obviously Mike elite number one receiver, Claude, very good two way lineman. Um, Noah is a saw. Oh, Noah actually is not playing anymore. Matt got one of his friends to play. So I'm assuming Matt's friend is a good athlete. Um, 
They got Kenny Tindall to also be a second lineman. Eric Mayer is a lineman. I know that. And Abdul Carvin is a lineman. So the first thing I like about this team is that they have four lineman players. Yeah. That's always huge. If you have four linemen, it means one of your linemen can miss a game and you still have three there. That is the, I think, a key immediately to a very good team. The second thing that's key to a good team is attendance. If all the 10-year players are showing up every week, you're probably going to end up being a pretty decent team. And the thing um, with the four linemen, too, you can always have fresh legs on. I mean, I don't know what their D-line is going to be looking like, but, like, Abdul is fine on the D-line. I think I I think, I think I think Claude is an absolute beast on the defensive line. The last time I was a full-time player in this league, he almost made me quit on the spot. Um, but in all seriousness, like, you can, have, you can have fresh feet and fresh legs on every set of drives. I know that. My, we'll talk about my team later, but we're stressing it. Um, but, yeah, four, four linemen, if you can find a fourth one somewhere deep, and it always kind of surprised me to see Abdul always taking so late because he is a big body that you can always plug in and, and you feel safe for a bit. Yeah. Um, the biggest question for this Dolphins team, obviously, is how good is Matt DiGennaro going to be, the new quarterback? Um, he was a starter at SJV for a year, so he has quarterback experience. I know he plays some flag football. He's played some flag football, um, so he's not like a noob to the sport. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen – Normally, if your quarterback is good, your team is usually pretty good. So if Matt is good, their team will be good. If Matt is bad, their team will have to be very good everywhere else, cough, cough, defensively, which a lot of teams have shown that with subpar quarterback play, defense can win you games in this league. It's it's not easy to score. Like Teams make it very hard. A lot of games end in the low, in the low teens, 20s. Guys, don't put the ball in the, in the end zone because defenses are hungry in this league. Um but this team has three or four line. They have four linemen, and they got Mike and uh, Mike and whoever Matt's friend is, Tymir, who was uh, he ended up finishing second in the league in picks. We only played five games. He had seven interceptions. Pooh Margello was a guy who, when he showed up, could be an electric athlete. And then John Guzman, who honestly made a lot of plays last year, falling to the eighth round. Solid athlete. Has played in the league for a lot, a long time. Knows how. Yeah, to play. I was just gonna say this team is really deep, and I really like what they can do on defense, also. Yeah, they could probably be very versatile. So, um, like I said before, if Matt DiGennaro is good at football, at fly football and bear down, the Dolphins team is going to be dangerous. Matt, word of advice, throw the ball to Mike. Yeah, throw the ball to your best receiver. You drafted him too for a reason. Um, and then, like, my advice is just keep it simple. Like, the plays don't have to be exquisite. Like, Suroff runs most of his offense by just throwing screens and outs. So, so like, it's very – I run just hitches every, every play. So, um doesn't take a lot to be successful in the league. You just got to keep the, you just got to not turn the ball over and convert on big plays. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next team. Panthers, this team is all right? you, I think. Yeah. This team is probably all me. You probably know none of these players. So, I got gotcha. you. grief Alex Verardi, welcome to the league. Ray Cofano, Cyrus Williams, Steve Giroux, Jelani Booker, Dave Fleming, Jordan Edmonds, Vic Cologne, and Jordan Bowman. Um, this team is loaded. Hogreave drafted in our loaded team. Alex Vardy, a lot, if, if you guys haven't seen him play, he is an absolute monster. He'll probably end up leading the league in sacks, um, but you're going to have to have a game plan against him because he is a game wrecker. Ray Cofano, another guy who was um, top of the league r- rankings in sacks each of the last two seasons, part of that Hogreave championship, championship team, and also the Raiders team from the season before, so a lot of chemistry there. Um, Cyrus is playing with Hogreave his whole life. Steve Giroux played with Hogreave before. Jelani played with Hogreave on this past team. Dave Fleming it was a guy who was on the Steelers team um, that won the championship. Jordan Edmonds is Hogreave's boy. 
Um, and then Vic Colon and Jordan Bowman round out this squad. Chris got a bunch of his friends that are all good at football. So um, as long as Hogreef doesn't play like an idiot, they should be a very good team. He's coming off an eight and one season or a nine and one season, including the playoffs and in a championship. He's top dog in the league right now. Um, and they're probably looking at, they're probably eyeing the same thing. So um, other teams are going to have to really we, step it up. Against we think them. the Super Bowl hangover is in the works. Um, I would say more like a Saturday night partying hangover is probably in the works. <laughs> That's fair. Um, <laughs> that I don't know if there's a Super Bowl hangover, but what I will say is that Hogreef will definitely come to one of these, come to some of these games a little buzzed um, from the night before, not in the morning. Um, but yeah, Panthers are going to be good. They got a lot of guys who have just been playing flag football for a long time. Probably going to be a team that talks shit. Um, no, actually, they got some quiet guys. All right, next team, the Bears. The Bears led by Captain Sal Rachusa making his captain debut. He brought in a quarterback, Brandon Smith. Um, none of us know him. I don't know him. Um, they are with Mark Kokoda, Isaiah Copes, Emmerich Sawyer, Nick Rachusa, Joey Venti, Amir Mayer, James Caffrey, and Tykeer West. Um just going to say right now, Ty Keir West, James Caffrey, Amir Mayer. I don't know who you are. I hope you make plays. I hope you're a beast, but we're just going to keep talking about the other guys that I actually know who they are. But I hope that I can talk about you more on the next podcast. With that being said, I love Mark because he's one of the most versatile players in the league. He played every position that I asked him to when he won a championship with me a couple seasons ago. Um, Isaiah Copes has quickly become one of the guys that ball gets in his hands. Um, a lot of plays are made big plays, makes a lot of guys miss in the screen game. I imagine that's going to be part of this team's offense. Emmerich Sawyer, who finally played his first full healthy season, was honestly a beast. He's he's jacked. He's strong. He can play line if you need him to. He can play receiver. He played some D-line, some DB. Kind of can do it all. Another, another Swiss Army Knife kind of player. Um, Sal's brother, Nick, lineman, like that. And Joey Venti, Sayreville guy, which with a bunch of these Sayreville guys. So um, not a bad team. No, Brandon, do something, dude. Uh, so we, so no one knows who he is. No, I don't know who he is. He's oh, from Sarah. I think he played. I, I think he played uh, quarterback for Sarah, though. Yeah. Oh, I'm, okay. assuming, well, I'm assuming Swags coached him, and that's why he knows him. Oh, okay. Well, the thing about this league, like, I feel like it, it's been such a long time where we've brought in someone who have who's been bad because that like sat like Sal's been in the league for such a long time. That like he knows who's good and who's not. So Sal's not gonna bring in someone that he knows, be like, trust me, this kid's good. Hey, like, listen, that's the hope. True, that is the hope. But I mean, but I feel I feel like now that everyone knows the talent level in this league, it is really hard to bring in someone who's bad. And, yeah. and, but again, like like we maybe this kid hasn't played in, in, in forever, so it'll take him a lot of good use. Like right now, anything is on the table. So, like we said before. Do something well, like our goal is to talk about everyone, honestly. Like that is like that's the goal of this. So yeah. so do something, go crazy, and and we'll talk about you next week. Here's what I like about this team. I like that they're super versatile. They have a lot of guys that can play a lot of different spots on the field. Yeah. Um, I like that they have big body receiver Mark. They got speedster I uh, Zay Copes, another speedy guy with Joey Venti, and then Amir Mayer, James Caffrey, and Ty Kier West. If you're better than a seventh, eighth, and ninth round pick then your team is only going to be exponentially better. Like 
the teams that win this league are the teams that find guys in the, the last three to four rounds that are way better than a lot of guys that were drafted over them. Cause then you end up having two guys that are third round caliber, or two guys that are fit, uh, second round caliber on your team. So if you guys are good players, then this team is going to be good, but it comes down to probably to Brandon Smith. And then also probably comes down to um, who plays line and how they hold up well. So, but I'm excited because I like this team. We got a lot of good guys on the squad. And I think Brandon Smith's going to end up being a beast. That's my goal. That's my prediction. All right. Fifth pick was Nick Suroff donning the red and yellow. The Chiefs. Um, his team is Nick Surhoff, Nick Douglas, Dario Young, Dins, um, Chris Turn, a uh, Chris Turner, Chris Hunter, uh, Randy Myers, Ryan McGrain, um, Khalil Moore, and Manny, um, and Joe Juhas. All right, let's see what I got about this team. Their line is Randy Myers, Chris Hunter, and Douglas. D line, they add Suroff to that as well. Receivers are Dariel Dins and Ryan McGrain, who I'll talk about in a little bit, is a good, is very good athlete. Um, and then they got Suroff. Suroff's coming off of a championship L. Um, but if you know anything about this league and you followed this league for any of the last like six or seven seasons, six probably, Suroff's teams normally are near the top of the standings throughout the season. Um, he always sends good game plans to his team. I would say he normally has his teams the most prepared of anybody in the league, and that's usually why they win. Because I'm not even saying Surf goes crazy with the film, the film anymore, but like he does enough where like a regular season week four game, like he's game planning and just telling his team like, hey, this is what we're looking to do against them. This is who we're looking to attack. And normally teams who do a little bit of game plan normally are very good and normally win a lot of games. But a lot of times those are also the better quarterbacks. So I guess that kind of go hand, goes hand in hand. Um, James so automatically has the advantage also of just being a beast on the D-line. So he can stack up on the O-line, make sure that some one of his O-linemen is going to strictly be an O-lineman and then he can just take a, a D line in the first round, which he doesn't get with Nick Douglas. So, and, yeah, and, and yeah, Sirhoff and Douglas are like two totally different types of D linemen, but both dangerous, obviously, in their own ways. Sirhoff just being a beast and Douglas just being a freak athlete. Um, so, those two, I mean, so the third will probably be a, either Randy, I guess, or, or Chris Hunter. Oh, that's right. They have Chris Hunter. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so those three are going to be. Monsters. Yeah, they have three. He has three low linemen. They got four D linemen. Um, their receivers are Dario Young, who's looking for a bit of a bounce back year after. Um, me and him just had a tough go at it. We just didn't really connect all the time, but um, he's a great player and he's played very well with Suroff in the past. He probably fits Suroff's scheme more, the air it out, let the ball fly type of scheme. Oh. I like to I like to play in the middle of the field a lot. I like to not saying he doesn't can't do that. Just saying, like I, we play different styles. Like so, um, I love the talent. It just didn't work out last season. But he's a heck of a player. He's, he was coming off an eleven touchdown season just two seasons ago. Dins is one of Suroff's guys. You know they'll have amazing chemistry immediately. And then Ryan McGrain, who will probably be their third receiver, um, could end up being their number one. He's a beast. We play softball together with Suroff, and this kid is a really good athlete. So I expect him to be a really good player immediately. Maybe it takes him a game to get going, but. I it may only take a few drives. The um, first the first time that Dariel and Surf played together was with the Pittsburgh season, right? I believe so, yes. Oh, so imagine them two with the second season and they were already sick that year. Correct. So 
Um, I think that, that connection is only going to get better. And then you have Emmanuel T, who we played with Sarov last year, Khalil Moore, and Joe Juhas. I don't know Khalil Moore. Oh, Khalil Moore played uh, – few seasons ago was a good athlete. I'm not sure what he's going to do for them this season, but he can kind of play wherever he's a big body lean can kind of move, can move around pretty well. So excited to see what he does in year two. And then Joe Juhas is a new player to league. Never seen him play football. Don't know if he's good. If he's a beast, Sarov's team only gets better. All right. The next team, this is your team, the Raiders, the Raiders led by first time captain Jake Esposito um, wearing white base with black letters. Um, Jacob Zito with his first three picks took three of the biggest linemen in the league, Rhett Crystal, Anthony Latempa, and the co-host of the show, Ryan Morick. And then at receiver, you have Alex Hines, Sergino, Sergino, or Serge Deneau, Avery Cordasso, Race Crystal, Josh Stillman, and Nico Garcia. Um, I've only ever seen Alex Hines play. When last time he played, I believe he was the either most improved player or sleeper pick of the year. He was playing receiver for, for uh, Leota's Georgia team, and he was a beast. So he's probably going to have to be Jake's number one early on. I've seen Serge play a little bit. He played in one season as a sub. Um, he's a good athlete. Actually picked me off in the game, but I mean, that's not really saying much. I'm terrible. Um, and then the <laughs> other guys I've never seen play, so I don't know if they're good. I assume they're good athletes. Jake brought a few of his friends, so hopefully they round out his squad and make them a, a force in the secondary uh, receiver. But your your guys' advantage every week is going to be in the trenches. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, we have, in my opinion, three of the best offensive linemen. We have two, three absolute pure offensive linemen. Uh, if you ask me, my first snap of the season will is probably guaranteed to go over uh, Jake, Jake's head. Very first snap, it'll be my first one in quite a while, but I think we'll get through that. All kidding aside, we, we said it with uh, with Sally's team. Uh, if there's anyone who knows the talent in this league, it's Jake. So we can sit here and say that like our receivers are a bunch of unknowns, but if there's anyone's opinion on the football field that I trust, it's definitely going to be Jake. So I'm not too worried. I'm obviously going to be biased towards us, but uh, but yeah, I mean, if if my opinion not on Jake's scouting eye is the way that I hope it is, then we can definitely be dangerous. The fact that Jake is going to have the ball in his hands on every play is an automatic advantage to everybody. He can do literally whatever he wants with the ball. He can throw for a thousand and rush for a thousand this year. It shouldn't surprise anybody. Um, I'm really excited to see what Jake is going to do with the ball, how he's going to, how he's going to lead us, how he's going to be in the huddle. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to do on defense. He, like we were like, oh, Jake, are you going to play on defense? And before even he even can answer, I'm like, Jake is playing defense. Like he's the every play. Uh, yeah, he's no, he will be on the field every play. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him. Yeah. So the one thing I'll say is that, like you said, Jake's have the ball in his hands every play. We've seen elite receivers in this league go to quarterback and excel because of that exact yeah. fact. Danino. Justin, IB does it both. Um, uh, Mikey can do it if he needed to. There's, there's, there's a lot. It, it, it's not when you're an elite athlete or an elite athlete for this league. Um, having the ball in your hands every play, every play is just a, it's just a plus, like you said. So as long as you're you're as receivers and DBs are good, you guys are probably going to be a really good team. Going to be a tough team. Probably going to be talking a lot. Um, but your offensive line and defensive line are probably going to lead you guys at least early while Jake's getting his feet wet. One thing I'll say is that playing quarterback and playing your playing your ass off on defense every play 
not an easy task, but Jake will probably figure it out and be all right. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, that's why we're trying to really figure out where Jake is going to play. Because if Jake wanted to, he can lead this league in sacks. But how much is that going to take away from his, his quarterback play? So we're thinking about just how he plays safety. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think we'll be all right. I promise you, at our size, playing D-line and playing uh, playing quarterback, not fun. I do it now. Terrible. All right. The next team I was kind of looking at as you were talking, and I love the team. Like, I absolutely love this team. This is the Saints, led by Zach Charest. First time captain, second time playing quarterback in the league. Led by Steve Bowen, Sam Bretman, Jodell B, Q Hunter, Billy Waters, Mark E. Nicholas, um, Dan Park, Nick Fionda, Joe Varela. Only player I don't know on here is Joe Varela. Here's what I'll tell you right now. Zach has a cannon. He can sling the rock. Will it be accurate every time? No, but he was a college catcher, so he knows how to throw. Like he, like he knows how to throw, and he now he's and now he's been a coach um, at Oldbridge for a few years, so he understands football. Um, his line is Sam, who was my best lineman last year, was a beast. Will be can snap, can be a beast for him. Joe Dell, another monster, another beast, oh. can snap, and Marky Nicholas, who another very good lineman and can snap. So they got three guys that can really snap and can also be very effective offensive linemen. Now, at receiver, they have Bowen, Q Hunter, Billy Waters, Dan Park, Nick Fionda, Joe Varela. Bowen, Q, and Billy, and Dan are all super fast. So Zach can let that bitch fly. <laughs> um, I think this team, if Zach is just like, like it's going to sound like I'm talking about the Jets, but if they just have average quarterback play, they're going to be really good. If Zach is good, they will be good. If That's Zach is good, gosh. they will be good. No, because really, I think I also think Zach's gonna have his teams prepared. Because I think Zach is like taking on this challenge, and he did text yeah. my chat. He did text in my chat before and say the Saints are OD. So I'm assuming that some of them got together, maybe, and maybe Zach was slinging it a little bit. But um, it doesn't take sad. much for for Zach to get hyped up either. And like you know, if like if you know if he throws a dot on the first play, like he, he, he's set. Like, he's gonna be talking so much shit. He's gonna be talking so, if he's playing well, quarterback, he's gonna be talking so much shit. But I will say this talking shit when you're playing shitty at quarterback and losing is a terrible thing. Awful. But if anybody's gonna do it, it's Zach. <sighs> okay, so we both agree that that team is honestly pretty solid. I like Nick Fionda at linebacker. He played really well for the Oregon squad last year. And Joe Varela, I don't really know you. So if you're good, your team will be better. Um, Billy Waters, monster. Q Hunter played for me multiple times, monster. Um, next team, the Lions, led by three? Three-time champ. Yeah, sounds great. Probably the best quarterback in the league currently, Anthony Mbimbo. Anthony Mbimbo makes his return to the league after, I believe, two seasons off. Um, last time we saw IB play was a semifinals loss with the Cincinnati squad, mm-hmm. right? Because he didn't play in the spring. Definitely, yep. Was with the Cincinnati squad, semifinal loss. So maybe he lost love for the game, but now he's back. Um, football season got him hooked. He's excited to be back. I think he just probably picked up his jersey not too long ago. Um, and they got a good squad. They're led by Delon, Damian, CJ, Remy, Jordan Jackson, A-Rod, 
Hassan Williams, Liam Heaney, and Andre Polkowski. I've just never seen Andre play. So um, the line is a staple of IB's teams. You can play the line anywhere, receiver, lineman, DB, D-line, linebacker, basically whatever you need the line to do on any given day, he can do it for you. Damian, welcome back to the league. Been a long time since Damian's played in the league. Um, I was going to draft you, Damian, but IB begged me not to. So that's just how it goes. Um, they trade Kenny Tyndall. For CJ, who is just another staple of IB squads, knows how IB likes to play. There will obviously be one game where CJ shows up drunk and does not know what's going on during the game. But CJ is usually good to be in the top 10 in catches, top 15, in, top 10 in yards, probably top 10 touchdowns because he's playing with IB this year. He's a beast, very good safety. So like him. Then you have Remy, who will probably be their top D, one of their top DBs with DeLon. Jordan Jackson, lineman, will play D-line and O-line. A-Rod will probably play middle linebacker as well as some O-line potentially. Um, Huston Williams, welcome back. He played on that USF, USF team that was not very good, but he had some big moments for them. So excited to see him back in the league. Liam Heaney, I've never seen you play, but I know that you played for Overtry High School and that you're probably a decent receiver. And Andre, I don't know you, so you're playing on one of the best quarterbacks teams. So if you're good, he will play you. I'm excited that Ant uh, and Bimbo took a couple seasons off. I want, I, I want to see him come out firing. I think, he, like, I, I feel like it's always good to take a season off. Like, like I just took two seasons off, and I'm really excited to play. And I can't – so, like, I can't imagine what that feeling is like when you're just an absolute dominant athlete like he is. Uh, you mentioned DeLon. He's not a Swiss Army knife. He's a Swiss Army machete. Uh, Damien, same thing. He's a beast. Um, and we all know That's the IB Chris Johnson uh, duo. They're, they can – match right up with uh Tommy and Liam or well I, but yeah I mean Chris Johnson is, is another one who like a like a, I remember in the on the Washington team we caught we were kind of just like oh okay like solidified number two receiver like granted it was by Mike but we didn't expect anything much and then like I think the next season after that was where he like really took off and now he's simply just a beast um I like Jordan Jackson on the line that this is the same Jordan Jackson that played for Minnesota right yeah oh, yeah um yeah, this is – I feel like we say the same thing about Ivy's teams every year. Like, their, their O-line is going to be questionable, but I think they'll at least get the job done. And with Ivy a quarterback, like, it's not – it will almost never be a huge question mark. So I'll always just figure it out. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, like you said before, just a bunch of Ivy staples uh, on this team with CJ, with Damian, with DeLon, with A-Rod. Uh, yeah, with Remy. Yeah, this is, gonna, this is going to be a good squad because, obviously – yeah, um, what I'll say is this, just like thinking about how they're going to play defense, like they could, let's see, like if you're, if they don't think your receivers are really good, they could just throw DeLon and Damian on D-line and just make your life hell. If one of your receivers starts feasting, they can just say, all right, DeLon, go play DB, we'll just get Damian to go get pressure every play um, and let, let other people maybe send exotic blitzes and CJ loves to blitz and I'd be off the edge. And just like, I just think that, they're going to have so much versatility on the defense side of the ball. Offensively, they could play a, an offensive line of Jordan Jackson, DeLon, and Damian. That's not a bad offensive line. No, that's, no. That's, that's that's DeLon blocking, which you know no one's going by him. And that's Damian blocking, who always undersized, but always ends up throwing his body in there and making plays. Strong shit. Yeah. yeah, he's strong as shit. Um, and then Jordan Jackson um, plays line and makes plays and is a really good receiving lineman has made a lot of plays for me in the three seasons or two seasons we played together. So I'll always have love for that brother. That's my brother. That's a champ. That's a champ right there. So um, 
this is going to be a good team. Got a lot of championship DNA, a lot of guys who have been successful in the league for a long time. All right, two teams left to go. Then we'll do a week one preview, and then we'll head out of here. All right, next team is my team, which is the Colts. We are led by Mike Giorgano, Frankie Acevedo, Deion Miller, Step Ozigby, Tom Garvey, Christian Bacali or Bacali. Sorry if I messed that up. Billy Andrews, Deb DeGrasse, and Patrick Pokolsky. Um, I think I like our team. I think we're big. I think we have a lot of guys who have played, uh, who have been su- successful in the league before. Probably one of my most random teams drafted. Um, a lot of guys I haven't played with before. I've only played in this team with Mikey, Dion. <sighs> And that's probably it in this league. Probably played with Tom and Billy at other times, but um, gonna be gonna be an interesting season. I'm trying to get the team together on Saturday before we we play on Sunday. Seeing if we can get some of the guys out there. I need to get the arm loose. It's been a few weeks since I've thrown. Um, but like you said before, I would have loved to take a season off, but I'm amped up for this Sunday. I'm really excited. You're to not play. allowed to take a season off. No, I'm not. <laughs> You're the one Just guy playing. who's not allowed. Because a lot of people did see, did tell me they were taking a season off this year. They just wanted to get the juices flowing again for the spring, and I, I felt that. So, um, now all in all, I think we're going to be a good team. We have a lot of versatile guys who can play a lot of different places on the field. Got three or four guys who can play O-line. Got a bunch of guys who can play D-line and linebacker and corner and safety. So, um, I'm excited to see the versatility that we're able to show on the field in the first couple of weeks before we kind of figure out what we're really about. Um, Dev DeGrasse, welcome back to the league. Billy Andrews, welcome back to the league. Christian is a big lineman. I'm expecting big things from him. Um, Tom Carvey, welcome back to the league. I got a lot, a lot of welcome back to the league kind of guys. Step also making his uh, return. And then Patrick Pokolsky is the only newcomer in the league. I don't know anything about him, but hoping I can get him to the field before that so I can see what uh, what he's about before we won. But if not, throw him right in the fire. All in all. You got, you got a jack-of-all-trades type of team, I think. I really like what you guys can do on defense. I think Mikey's. I think you, Mikey, and and Ace are going to be dominant on defense. Garvey's just smart. Uh, Billy Andrews, if he has a nice resurgence, then then that added bonus for you. Um, good team. I guess my team's question right now is who's our number one receiver? Who's your number one receiver? I am expecting it to be Step, Dion, Billy, or Tom Garvey. Like. To end up just being the guy I go to. Like Tom Garvey's probably gonna play a lot in the slot for me. Probably Dion Billion step playing outside receiver, Dev also. So um I'll probably lean I can imagine I'm gonna lean on Tom Garvey early in the season until I gain trust with either Step, Dion, or both. But um Dion playing with me for the second straight season, gonna be playing a different role in this team, was playing more in the trenches last season. I'm gonna try to get him out out wide, play him more at corner because I know that's where he's more comfortable. So um all in all, I think we have a good team. Like you said, I think we have a lot of guys who can play a lot of different places. Mikey, another Swiss Army machete, just makes a lot of plays. He's very effective. Pulse flags, usually top five in the league. Ace usually ends up leading the league or a second. So I like our team. I think we'll be very good defensively, at least in the early going. All right. This last team is a bunch of guys we do not know because these are all Jimmy Flott's uh, – Friends, guys, he's been uh, played with before and bring into the league. So, um, Jimmy Flott, Manny Cabasa, uh, returning t- champ Joey Liotta, um, Vinny Roman, Joe DeMeo, another guy who's just a championship caliber player, Nikki Venti, Jeremy Roman, Kayvon Yates, Gabriel Perez, Edwin De La Cruz. Um, is Jimmy playing quarterback for them or is Joey playing quarterback? No, Manny Cabasa is playing quarterback for them. 
So from what I've heard, this kid is very good. Which, if you, which if you know, if you know me, you know all I want is a good quarterback. Yeah. So Manny Cabasa, if you're listening, I hope you are a beast. Um, they got Jimmy Flott and then a bunch of their friends that are probably gonna play receiver. I like the Nikki Venti pick. So Jimmy Flott and Nikki Venti are gonna be the top two receivers, I imagine, early going. Um, don't know what Vinny's about. If he's a lineman or um, a, well, actually, I can tell you if he's a lineman or a receiver based on what size jersey he wore. Um, no, Vinny Roman is a small. Jeremy Roman is their other lineman, so it looks like their line's going to be Leota, Joe DeMeo, and Jeremy Roman, and maybe Edwin De La Cruz, who also ordered an XL jersey. Um, and then they're going to have, like I said, Manny Cabasa playing quarterback, Jimmy Flott, Nikki Venti. Vinny Roman, um, Kayvon Yates, Gabe Perez playing receiver in debate. So here's what I'm going to say about this. May Cabasa, if you are good, your team's going to be good. You have a bunch of uh, championship caliber players with Leota and DeMeo, guys who have had success in this league, and Jimmy Fly and Nick Venti. So as long as the friends are good, um, you're probably going to be pretty solid. So I'm excited to see this team play. Sorry I can't talk much more about the team. I don't really know much about you, but I imagine that on the next podcast, when we're recapping week one, I'll have a lot more to say because I'll actually be familiar with your games. So that does it for the draft recap. We are just coming up on 45 minutes. I told you I wanted to be done with this podcast in 45 minutes. So we are going to rip through a pretty quick week one uh, recap. Morik, I'm going to send you the schedule right now. Probably something I should have done prior. To well, you want some of our game? Because I know that we play each other. Yes, we can start with our game. Our game is at 9 a.m. So games are at, so like I said, games are at Sayreville High School. Um, every week we'll start at 9 a.m. We'll, at worst, there will be one 12 o'clock game per week. So you won't miss too much football. If anyone's missing football every week, it is me. I do not, I am the last one to leave. So I never want to hear you guys bitching about missing football because I always end up missing half of the one o'clock games. But I do it for you guys because I love the league and I love seeing everyone play on Sundays. All right, all games at Sayreville High School. Uh, first game of the day, we'll talk about it now. Colts versus Raiders. Uh, Colts, we just talked about, is my squad. Very Swiss Army knife. You guys are heavy in the trenches. Going to try to lean on that at least early until Jake gets his feet wet at quarterback. Um, not sure if you guys have practiced or gotten together at all, but I imagine Jake is kind of probably thrown with some of the, the his friends that um, are on his team. What I'll say is this. If you guys are able to dominate the trenches, we could have a tough time um, moving the ball early on and making stops because you guys can use that to your advantage. This is exciting. League vet versus uh, debut under center. But Also it's so- two guys that played played with each other last season, so he knows everything I call. Yeah, no, we, we haven't really gotten over a game plan yet, but uh, – since Jake literally just played with you uh, a month ago, and I played with you in like three of the last four seasons that I played, I think we have a pretty decent idea of what we want to do. Uh, that doesn't make it any easier because of who we are going up against. Um, but uh, I, th- I think this, I think this line play is going to be a lot of fun. I am assuming that you're probably going to go with you. That's about that. Yeah, that's like three spacers versus three like big dudes. So that so we'll so we'll see how that battle turns out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, like I said before about our, our team, like I, I think everyone knows uh, that you are 
right now missing a number one. We may have one, and a lot of the league probably hasn't doesn't know it yet. But like I said, I trust Jake's opinion on who he drafts because if Jake is a beast and he knows a lot about football, then I'm just not going to listen to him, obviously. Um, so obviously, we already know the pick. I'm going to take my guys. You're going to take your guys. But uh, if I'm missing anything about this game, then I'll leave it up to you. I expect 9 a.m. fireworks. I expect it to be loud. Mikey, Jake. It will be loud. It will be a loud game. It might be a loud first game of the season. All right. Other 9 o'clock game is the Bears versus the Panthers. The Bears are Swag's squad led by new corner Brandon Smith. And the Panthers are led by Chris Hogreef, I believe. Yes, Chris Hogreef. So, um, I, we talked about both these teams, obviously. Um Hogreaves team is the way more veteran season team. They play a lot more games together. This could be an early test for the Bears to kind of see where they stack up in the league. I'm going to roll with the Panthers. Um, I think that uh, their veteran leadership and experience playing together will end up prevailing. Plus, we're going to see how they block Alex Ferrari. Yeah, no offense to the Bears here. We just have – like I mean this in the nicest way possible. We just don't have a reason to take you yet. Again, not a slight, not to be negative, but – we just saw Hogreef win a championship, and, and that's that. Um, are there any doubleheaders this week? I don't think there are, based on what you sent me. Oh, well, uh, they there are not. Uh, the Panthers do play a doubleheader, um, but I tried to not give and Saints do. I tried to not give um, people doubleheaders where I could, but sometimes you just have to get games in somewhere. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't really think the doubleheader will affect. Yeah, usually doubleheaders affect the it, it's more of an effect down the road on the second game, but. Uh, yeah, Panthers money line here. Hogreef gets the uh, the gift of playing a new quarterback in week one. Yeah, it must be nice. Yeah, it must be nice. Um, all right, we'll talk about the Panthers again. They play in the 10 a.m. slot against the Steelers, who we literally just talked about. Who we don't really know a lot about them, but what we do know is that they're going to be big in the trenches and probably be very effective in the trenches on the offensive line and defensive line. So that's a great way to start a team. If Manny Cabas is good, we're going to have a good game here. Um, like you just said about the – Bears, we don't have a reason to pick it yet. So I'm going to use that exact logic here and have the Panthers at 2-0 and and Hogreef get right back on track to where he uh, is known for the last couple of seasons, near the top of the standings. Same here, but the Steelers, if there's one thing that I can say to you, show up to the 9 o'clock game and see what they do. Who knows if they're going to plan much differently. I can't imagine that they have much of a plan against you because I can't imagine that anyone would have a plan against you because you guys aren't unknown but I think that's kind of how they're rolling into uh, their first game also. So take notes for the nine o'clock and, and game plan on the fly. I'm not even saying take, I'm not even going to say, I'm going to use your, your, your idea and just go another way with it. Not even get game notes for them. Just see how the league works. Yeah. Yeah. Like most half of the team has not played in the league before. Like, you got to go and see what the what the intensity is like. How hard how hard is they going in the line? Like you got to get a feel for it. And I think being there at least a half hour, forty five minutes before the game will give you a good idea of what you're getting yourself into. Well, as soon as I joined my team's group chat, I said, "Who's a rookie?" And I had like like we I think we had like four or five people, and I was like, "Show up early, watch film, and like and and just take note and enjoy what you got." Yeah, you just got to see what it's about because like I think people come in initially probably think it's like a normal flag football league, but like. It's pretty physical. Like we, yeah. we, we block, we get downfield. We're, we're not, no one's dirty really, but you just get, you, you gotta, you gotta be ready to get moved around a little oh, bit. Yeah. By a, yeah, you gotta be ready to get moved, moved around a little bit by a bigger dude. If you're in the way. Um, all right. We're both taking Panthers. Yeah. All right. 
other 10 o'clock game. Uh, two rookie quarterbacks going at it. Matt DiGennaro and Dolphins against Zach Charay and the Saints. Um, this game is going to be very interesting. I think the Saints have a slight edge in the trenches, but that doesn't mean the Dolphins can't win the trenches battle. I just like who the Saints have in the trenches. Um, Matt DiGennaro has more quarterback experience than Zach Charay, but less experience in the league. Um this is probably going to be an interesting matchup. I'm excited to see who shows up from the Dolphins because I know they got some guys on their team that might not always be showing up. I'm going to so, go with the Dolphins here. You're going to take the Dolphins? That's my pick. I like the hype that we have for Matt. I know that we've seen Zach Sharay play quarterback, and I know I'm literally backing up. I'm worried about uh, quarterbacks versus rookie quarterbacks. But uh, I, I know that – and I like the Saints in the, in the trenches also. But uh, – I love Mike, obviously. I love Claude, obviously. Kenny's really good. Um, and I think if this te- entire team shows up, I like what they can do all around the field, especially on the outsides, on both sides. Um, yeah, yeah, great, great. And I want to see if Zach Sherry can handle the pressure. <laughs> all right. I'm going to say first crossfire of the year. I'm taking the Saints. Like it. Hey, okay. it's not a bad pick. It is no, not a bad pick. It is not. All right, in the 11 o'clock slate, Zach Shrey kind of gets staffed on the scheduling, playing against uh, league one of the league goats and uh, hungry to get back on the field, Lions led by Anthony and Bimbo and company. Um, just going to say, this could be a tough This could be a tough game for the Saints coming off of a first game where I imagine this is like the Saints-Dolphins, the type of the game that's going to come down to the wire. So, you know, they're going to be exhausted when they have to play IB in the second game. So, yeah. um, tough scheduling for them. Uh, I don't think that that would be the reason why the Lions win. I'm taking the Lions to win the game regardless, but I would have taken that. Yeah, I would have taken the Lions regardless. Of the yeah, the yeah I, I, I'm with you across the board. Um, I really just think that this roster is really, 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 really good, and they have, they have arguably the best athlete, and they have arguably the best quarterback in the league. And you can also argue that the best quarterback in the league is also the best athlete in the league. So, yeah, uh, so, it's hard yeah. for me. Yeah, they got two blue chippers out there, two blue chip, two blue chip players, and uh, that's probably more than enough if they're playing the right positions. And they are in this game. Um, I'm taking the Lions. I think they roll. Um, I think I think their team's gonna be super prepared, gonna have a really good game plan, and they're gonna come out there and get the win. All right, last game of the day as we hit the 55 minute mark. Um, Chiefs versus Broncos. Suroff versus Galante to end the day. Very nice matchup to end the day. Yeah. Very excited Pop-top. for it. Um, going to be a very good game. This is two quarterbacks who have now been in the league, I believe, seven seasons or eight seasons each. Both came in the same season, part of the same draft class. Um, I'm going to roll with uh, – these are both very good teams. This is a, a pick Give Yeah, definitely a pick This is a pick on prime time. It's definitely a pick on the book in prime time. I'm going to take uh, – let's go with – I'm going to take the Chiefs because they're going to have a game plan. I am taking the NFL trends here. Uh, losing team in the Super Bowl, bad against the spread. I'm taking Broncos. <laughs> wow, that's a good, that's a good play by you. Listen, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, uh, this is a really, this is a really good game. I think that the Broncos can have a lot of offensive firepower. Like I said before, I like what the Broncos can uh, do on defense with their flag pulling. Um, I think the Chiefs have some decent flag pullers here, but I think off rip, I will give that advantage to the Broncos. 
I th- I think the I think the Chiefs certainly have the uh, advantage in the in the trenches, but it really shouldn't surprise anyone if Dane, if Matt, uh, if Jay will um, make some noise out there also. Uh, but f- it, it, I mean, it, it, it's tough, but I like the trend. Yeah, go for it. You're playing the Broncos. I'm playing the Chiefs. You got two crossfires with four games that we picked the same. Um, good to get a little parity. Um, yeah, so that is going to do it for the pod. We're at 56 minutes right now, 11.41 on a Wednesday night. I have to now figure out how to upload this podcast to um, SoundCloud. But as soon as I do that, you will hear it first. See you at the field on Saturday. And um, if you could tell me what player – if you could tell me what player has the most championships in Bear Down history, I will give you $20 off the registration price. You have to DM what? the page. You have to DM the page. Wait, I'll tell you, I'll give you a situation. DM the page, the Instagram before the games on Sunday. Um, the the criteria is only it starts in the summer of 2019. 18 when the USC Trojans lost to the Duke Blue Devils in the finals at Lombardi Field, where people that were in that game were me, Joe DeMeo, Dylan, Jake, Augie, and company. That's the first season because that's when I started running the league. That's a legendary – yeah. That was a legendary game. So if you can tell you what player – it doesn't have to be quarterback, it has to be player – that has the most uh, championships in Bear Down slash uh, OBFL history – Get twenty dollars off your. I, I assume you know the answer. No, I'm probably gonna have to look it up once people start DMing me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was right. Um. But yeah. All right. That does it. I'm gonna see how many people. If because I know if you listen to the whole podcast or not. If you hear this and you answer. So uh, hope everyone enjoys the podcast all season. Thank you, Ryan, for joining me, and Pleasure. we will see you at the field at Sayreville High School on Sunday. Peace.